Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We back at it again with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Man, uh, <laughs> talk about some more big-time news here in Chiefs Kingdom. But before we get into all that, I'd like to introduce the panel. Middle of the screen, the top is country. Top right-hand corner is our homegirl, Kylie. Um, bottom right-hand corner is Boogie. And we have our special guest here. Uh, he covers the Chiefs at heavy.com. Uh, we'll give you all the background story on that here in a sec. Uh, we'd like to welcome Devin Clements to this week's episode of Kingdom Cast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so Country, actually, I'm going to let Country uh, handle the backstory. So Country, uh, give us the backstory in regards to our special guest today. Oh, okay. Um, I think Tyron was tweeting about uh, free agency, and I was like, so who's going to join you back at, in the uh, Chiefs Kingdom? And he said, uh, no, no, that's the other tweet. I'm sorry. So um, the tweet <laughs> Memphis Bleak tweeted during the second half the defense uh, – well, literally, the defense sucks right now. It was and then the, the next day yeah. or a couple of days later, I tweeted that, uh, yeah, we, we redeemed ourselves in the second half. And then Tyron responded to that tweet and said, well, his rap career sucks or something to that effect. So <laughs> – that's the soft spot. I did more research. I forgot the exact tweet though, but it was something to that effect. Yeah, it kind of hit you in the soft spot when uh, Tyron said that because you know he was a, he was a big Memphis Bleak guy, you know, whole Rockefeller and everything. So, oh, what is he doing? <laughs> Memphis Bleak told me happy birthday one time, man. I can't talk bad to him. I never talk bad to Bleak. <laughs> We get it, bro. We get it. <laughs> so, so yeah, Devin. Um, so yeah, Devin. Like, um, I know in the past you have covered uh the Chiefs with um USA Today Sports. You wrote for Sports Illustrated too, man. So, um, you know what brings you on to Heavy dot com? Uh, and you covering the Chiefs on that website. Yeah. So I mean, um, last year in around March. I ended up leaving Sports Illustrated where I was actually covering the Patriots. That's how I really got into oh, the journalism. Okay. It was uh, covering the Patriots. Um, and then in July, uh, my boss over at Heavy, his name's Chris Licata. Shout out to him. Um, he reached out to me to see if I was interested in working for them. Um, and I heard about Heavy a little bit through Facebook because that's where um, they do a lot of their traffic is through Facebook because they have a lot of uh, they have very large Facebook pages for each of their individual sites. Um, is that where so, they have yet? What's that? Is that where they have it yet? Yeah, so they they have they have a Twitter presence, <laughs> they have Twitter presence and whatnot, but Facebook, that's where the heavy's at. Heavy <laughs> on everything. Um, but yeah, he reached out to me on there and then we got talking. Um the Patriots were an option for me, but uh the reason he had actually asked me to uh chat with him about a job with them is because he had actually taken on the job, a new job as a NFL editor for them, and he was covering the Chiefs site. Um, but he had a crazy amount of success with with them because Chief Kingdom be repping all the time, twenty four seven. So I decided to join them um, because I think obviously that we all know that the Chiefs are a very successful franchise. They got one of the greatest coaches, tight ends, previously one of the best wide receivers of all time, and then they got Patrick Mahomes. So 
I figured it might be a good business decision on my end to hop on Chiefs Kingdom and see how that's going to go. And I've absolutely loved it so far. So, uh, yeah, that's why I go in there. I cover that stuff, you know, whether it be X's and O's or even stuff like um, we were just talking about before about uh, Tyron and Memphis Bleak. If it's pop culture reference, as long as it's related to the Chiefs, I'm talking about it. And it, um, I'm happy to do it. At first, was it kind of a tough was it kind of a tough decision to um, go from the Patriots to the Chiefs, as far as like covering teams, or whatever. Yeah, it was for sure. Um, one thing I've always tried to do, uh, especially when I started getting into journalism, is I've tried to not only just focus on one team, but I've tried to focus on all thirty-two teams, just because, you know, even if I'm talking about something specifically to the Patriots, they might have an opponent come in that's from another conference or a division, whatever it may be. So. Just covering one team, it's helpful to know other teams just from, um, you know, an X's and O's perspective or who they got for players that might enter free agency next offseason or might might get traded and whatnot. So it's always been pivotal for me to understand all 32 teams. So it was a bit of a transition because it's one thing to kind of just know other players on another team, but then it's another thing to cover them every single day, you know. So it was definitely a little bit of a learning curve when I first started off just because I knew the bigger names on the team, but then it came down to knowing, you know, the 53rd guy on the roster, the guys in the practice squad, guys that formerly were covering uh, or on the team, or even like coaches or front office members that were previously in the, the organization. So, um, yeah, it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard transition, but um, I had my bumps at first. But you know, I still have my bumps still because there's still times where I may not realize it, and I may say, "Oh wait, that's right, this player used to play for Kansas City four or five years ago." I just wasn't aware of it at that point in time. So. Um, I'm still learning, but uh, I think I've come a long way since last uh, last August. Okay. What's up, man? It's great to have you on, man. So let's get down to the big news, man. Um, everyone knows you're at Chiefs Kingdom. It's been a few days. Um, the initial reactions was like, ah, panic, you know, sky's falling, everybody running across the room, like, what the hell just happened? But, yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins uh, for a bunch of draft conversation of five picks. Yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> it's not that franchise mode. That actually happened. <laughs> so yeah, uh, five draft picks, including uh, first and first and second round picks in this year's draft. So the Chiefs have two picks each in the first round and second round. And um, the Dolphins, of course, made Tyreek Hill the highest paid receiver in NFL history after the trade. It was a four year, hundred twenty million dollar contract extension. So um, what was your initial reaction to that news, Devin, when you first? seen him come across the screen or whatever. I mean, I was shocked. I think just like everybody else was, I was shocked. Uh, I had been reading the reports, I mean, for the better part of the offseason since it started for them, that they were going to work on getting him an extension just so they could lower his cap number for this offseason because we know that, they, you know, money wasn't an issue for them off, uh, this offseason when it came to spending it because they were really cap-strapped with Mahomes' contract, Frank Clark's contract, Tyreek's contract, so – an extension was something that was being worked on for the last few months. And then I think it was um, not this past week, but the one before, I think I saw NFL media's Ian Rappaport talking about how they were in deep conversations. And then this new extension could pay him upwards of 20 million with KC. So at that point in time, when he was talking about that, I figured it was only a matter of time before they gave him an extension. So when that news came out about Tyreek being traded away, I was, I was frankly shocked by it. Um, because, you know, obviously they're giving away a generational talent. They're giving away one of the most explosive playmakers the NFL has ever seen, hands down. I mean, I've never I've never seen someone with a skill set like Tyreek's before. A guy that can catch a football three feet in front of you, and then all of a sudden he's 
15 feet away from you and you can't catch him within 10 yards. It's, it's incredible. It really is. Um, so um, once that settled down, um, I think at the end of the day, it was a good business move by them um, because they're getting rid of a 28 year old guy that's now getting paid upwards of $25 million a year, um, which may have not been an issue for them now, but it would have been an issue for them next year and the year after in terms of um, freeing up cap space. So while they are giving, getting rid of a guy that has helped Patrick Mahomes early on in his career, has helped that team go to multiple Super Bowls over the last few years. They now have multiple draft picks like you just mentioned, Chuck, and they have a lot of extra cap space that they're saving by not extending Tyreek. So um, I'm optimistic about what this is going to bring for Kansas City in terms of opening their championship window and going into the future. All right, let's go across the room now. Country, what you got on – what did you have on the news at first? Because I know we did a spaces on it or whatever. But... A long spaces. <laughs> yeah, um, hours. <laughs> initially, I didn't even know. I was um, at work. My kids had the phone. They were playing Roblox. And my brother-in-law called, and he was like, yo, man, they trying to trade Tyreek. I'm like, man, what are you, what are you talking about? So – I looked at my Twitter. Of course, that was going dummy. Uh, I even had one of my co-hosts, uh, co-hosts threatening our friendship. <laughs> so I didn't even know about it. So, um, um, so, yeah, it was a shock to me. And then, you know, then by the time I found out, I think it went down within like the next hour or so after that. So it was just like, Initially, it's like, ah, but then once you start getting the background and the story and the motivation behind it, you start putting putting the dots in a row, it made sense. It made business sense. It's business never, never personal, so it made sense, man. Um, and then, like you said, we had the spaces. We had a few spaces, and that kind of took all the, the anger off of it, so... After that, I mean, shoot, then what we've been doing since, I'm cool with it now. Completely cool with it. So what you got on it, Kylie? What was your initial reaction to the news? Man, everyone knows what my reaction was. I was all over Twitter. Um, (laughs) That was, (laughs) that was hard. I was at work. It's so funny. I feel like in 10 years, Chiefs fans are going to be like, where were you when you heard? that Tyreek Hill was being traded. Like, that's going to be something that's going to, like, stick in my head for years to come. Um, I was at work, tried to leave work, (laughs) couldn't be there, Uh, (laughs) was totally unproductive for the first or those few hours after I found out. Um, It sucks. It was a huge shock. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, We, I hate to see him go. He was a huge huge, huge asset to this team. And um, he's electric. So I'm going to miss watching him play for the Chiefs. And he's such a playmaker. But um, after calming down and really chatting uh, chatting with other Chiefs fans and like hearing, like you said, country, all of the other pieces that kind of went into play with it, it was like, okay, okay, okay. Like Things like this have to be done. Like You can't keep everyone forever. Like this has to happen in order for this team to evolve and continue to um, extend that window. So I'm excited to see what they do next. I've already been really pumped on what's happened over the last few days. So it sucks, but uh, looking forward, moving forward. Yeah. 
so Boogie, what you got on it, man? What was your initial reaction to the news? Uh, I wasn't necessarily shocked because I know uh, I, I know how uh, Pete Rosenhouse is with his uh, clients. So that part wasn't the shock. I just couldn't believe they traded them that fast. Like you said, as soon as Schefter said something, it was like it accelerated fast. But I still don't like the trade. I still think we could have did other things, man. We, I mean, we could have let Orlando Brown go and drafted the left tackle and, and kept Tyree. It, it's other things we could have did. And I like Orlando Brown, but just an example. It's other stuff we could have did. I still think we should have kept him. But it is what it is now. We got rid of a, the best receiver in Chiefs history in this prime, best deep threat. I, I still don't like it. Chris, man. I still don't like it. <laughs> but like I said, it happened. We we got to uh, – now Veach got to it, – it's putting a lot of pressure on Veach to me because with these two first-round picks, two second-round picks, like that's enough to rebuild your whole defense. We didn't have enough picks to rebuild our defense like we did with the offensive line at first. But now even – we got the $20 million in space – you can still go get your veteran corners, but you still got to hit four times on them draft picks. That's four starters it should be. No, no, Kevin, no, 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 no. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since we traded Tyreek, is it like just completely out of the, out of, it's no way possible you can get rid of Kelsey, right? We all agree. Nah. Kelsey's Kelsey has like, to be a lifetime. A life. Kel- no, I'm saying that we traded Tyree. Kelsey has to remain a chief for the rest of his career. That's what I'm saying. Kelsey on the contract until he's like 36, I think, anyway. So. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. no possible way you can. You know what I'm saying? As a fan, from a fan's perspective, there's no way you can trade Travis after you traded Tyree. Nah, I think he's probably going to be a chief for life. I mean, by the looks yeah. of it. Yeah, okay. I hope so. But listen, before last week, I was like, there's no way they're trading Tyreek. And then it happened. So I would say never say never, but let's just hope not. Okay? Yep. Shout out to Mr. Uh, Proctober. Is that his name, Boogie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he called it. He called it like two weeks ago. He was like, man, we could trade Tyreek and uh, trade Travis. He was tripping, though. But yeah. <laughs> at the point, it's not at the, at the time, it sounded insane. And everybody was like, bro, you crazy. Like, why would we ever do that? But you never know. In the business of football, a week later, we traded Tyreek Hill. You know they what I'm saying? Kelsey. Crazy. Kelsey, it's going to be a problem, bro. Fuck that. <laughs> I, I ain't taking that, man. I'm not taking that. <laughs> I don't think y'all worry about that, though. Um, but as far as my reaction goes, uh, yeah, I was like, bro, what the? Because I was right, I was about to go to sleep because I had come off work. I was about to go to sleep, and I was like, man, I can't go to sleep now, you know, until this goes down because it's looking like, yeah, it's like they got to trade him. But you want to know the truth, though? The Chiefs actually had the money to make him the highest paid receiver in the league. It's just that Tyreek wanted to go home. Like you got to remember, Tyreek is from the South. He's from Georgia. Um, now he's moving. Now he's moving closer to home. He already had the career of Miami and everything. So I get it. No state taxes. You get a better, better scenery. Um, all that. You already accomplished what you accomplished here. Four AFC championship games. 
one Super Bowl ring, two Super Bowl appearances. I mean, you know, it's uh, it was time for him to move on. Seventy-five million. Yeah. It is what it is. That's it. Seventy-five guaranteed. No say. <laughs> right. So I, I understood that after um, you know, just reacting to the possibility of him getting traded, I was like, you know what? It's a business. That's the tough part about being a fan of these teams. Like you grow so attached to these players, um, and you think they're gonna be with the team forever, but things change in a blink of an eye. And that's what happened here. But I do like the draft conversation we got in return. And I think Brett Veach gonna do something with it. Um, this is why I get paid the big bucks to uh, keep things rolling here in Kansas City as far as um, continue to um, acquire the players that can help the team be a contender every year. So, you know that, you know, that commercial where like the fan is crying in the shower with their jersey on. Yeah. And they're like, you trade your favorite player. <laughs> I felt that so much. <laughs> Just people wearing his jersey. Oh, man. Okay. Well, since, since we traded Tyreek, uh, and Devon, help me out with this. Who have we added? We added um, Jermaine Carter, the linebacker from Carolina. Mm-hmm. We added Deion Bush, the safety from the Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rojo, that came down mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Who else have we lent? MVS. MVS, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. Um, I think that's yeah, that was yes, there's some of those happened before Tyreek, but I think that's everyone that they signed after Tyreek was traded away. So so do do you like the current direction that he's going post Tyreek? Are you feeling Brett Beach right now? Uh yeah, I am. Um I'm okay with it now only because I haven't seen what they've done in the draft yet. You know, right, right. Of course they're not they're not done spending yet. Before the oh. draft happens, they're going to spend some more money, whether it's trading for a corner, which I'm sure we'll probably get to a little bit later. But um, there's still some pieces that they got to add depth-wise on both sides of the football. Um, but in terms of you know adding MVS or even before the Tyreek trade, getting um, Juju, I like these moves. Um, it seems like they have a plan in place as to what they want to do offensively. Um, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic as to how it's going to pan out next season, but I guess we're going to have to wait to see that happen, right? Um, but so far, they have my stamp of approval in, in terms of what they're doing um, with acquiring talent after the Tyree trade. Slow down, Kevin. We don't get there. We don't get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yo, but this is why I don't buy NFL jerseys anymore. I mean, I just had bad luck with them. Like, uh, the recent one I bought was Brandon Flowers. And right when I got a Brandon Flowers jersey, he got traded the next year. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> oh my god! I think we appreciate you not buying jerseys, then, if that's the case. Bad luck, Chuck. Yeah, as, <laughs> I, I, I got yeah, my own man. personal one now. I got my own personal one now, so I got to worry about a jersey. No more. Yes, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Shout out to the Chiefs. God. Shout out to the Chiefs organization for that. Thank you. So, so around, around the room, post post Tyreek, what's your favorite move? Start. Let's go from Kylie around. Who's your favorite uh, player? I, li- uh, I like the MVS signing. I know um, production-wise, it's not been. I think I think a little pe- uh, a few people are let down to see that we grabbed him. But with his speed and the way he's able to get downfield, like I thought it was great that they immediately went out, signed a guy who's quick, a guy that has already communicated with Patrick, so they're on a good level there. Like I'm, 
that was probably my favorite signing so far. But what you got on it? I think Rojo will probably contribute the most this year. I think he could be an upgrade at running back. So I, I think he'll do good. Putting him in Daryl Williams' position where he can catch the ball and run the ball, I think he'll be pretty good with it. I don't know about Jamal Charles. I was seeing people try to compare him to Jamal Charles. I don't see that. Wow. Golly. I think he's good with us, wow. with how we use running backs. Yeah. yeah, that guy was tripping. I don't know where where that came from, but <laughs> but, yo, but, but Ronald Jones playing in college. Somebody comparing him to Jamal Charles. Then I said, bro, I don't see no Jamal Charles in this game. But anyway, Devon, go ahead. Yes. So I'd have to say, MVS is probably my favorite signing. Although I'm a little cautious about the, the money that they gave him, only because I don't think he's really earned that money yet. I think that's kind of like uh, we're going to pay you for what we think you're going to do. Um, but also, we, like we were talking before it started, like the Christian Kirk signings and whatnot just kind of screwed up the market. I understand that there was a little bit of a lull after that Kirk signing just because a lot of teams are saying like, nope, you guys actually aren't worth that money. And receivers are going to teams saying like, we want that money. Um, so I'm not, I don't love it, but I, I understand you got to pay up to an extent, even though, it was surprising to me that MVS said during his introductory press conference that he actually got more money from other teams as an offer, and he didn't take it. Um, but um, the other low-key signing I do like is the Jermaine Carter signing. I don't know what his contract is yet, but he was a 17-game starter last year for the Panthers, and he's probably going to play like just a rotational role with the Chiefs now that they got Bolton stepping up into that um, that starting job and Willie Gay right next to him. So I, I like that too because I think it's going to be a low-key signing and. Um, a really valuable signing if he gets paid like a veteran minimum, like I think he's going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. About, about some of these names that you guys mentioned. Uh, yeah. Marquez out of Scanlon. Um, he has the second most 40 plus yard catches since 2018, right behind Tyreek Hill. So there's that. Um, MVS, when I, when I first saw the acquisition, I was like, yeah, he's got potential, but they keep saying potential with this guy every year. Um, he used to have drop issues, like major drop issues, but he cleaned it up last year, um, even though he missed a few games, but he didn't drop the ball at all last year through 11 games that he played. So there was that, and he had a couple big games, I know notably against Baltimore, and it was somebody else. Um, I think it's the Minnesota Vikings. He had a monster performance against them too. So there's that. Um, but I want to ask you this, Devin. Is he more of a uh, D-Rob replacement than a Tyreek Hill replacement? Yeah. Yeah, he is. With that body size, um, from what I've read up on him and seen him myself, he's not, he's not a great, great route runner, um, which when you're six foot four and you can run a four three forty, you don't really need to be a great route runner, especially if you're just going deep, you know? Um, so he's not he's not like a Tyreek where he can do a lot of damage um, in shorter routes. So he's definitely going to be that guy that just goes deep, which I hope is something that they can work out. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it interests me to see how teams are going to handle um, the Chiefs' offense defensively because we saw obviously this past year that you know they added just two deep safeties to that that defensive game plan against the Chiefs, and it really kind of screwed up everything for them. And it took them nearly three quarters of the year to finally kind of get a grip at to, as to what they needed to do offensively. Um, but now with no Tyreek and adding MVS and Juju in there as well. Um, Travis Kelsey's still in there. Um, I'm interested to see how defenses handle them. But um, to answer your question, yeah, he's not he's not this kind of Tyreek um, 
let me catch it three yards down the field and take it for 75 yards. He's more like a let me catch it 50 yards down the field and take it 70 yards. Yeah, exactly. But like if I had to um if I had to pick like a favorite acquisition after the Tyree trade, um, I'll probably lean towards Ronald Jones. Now, uh, Ronald Jones, what I do like is um what I didn't like is that he 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 did drop a lot of passes, which caused him to lose his job in Tampa to Leonard Fournette. But at the same time, like I know in 2020, he was uh, one of the best runners in between the tackles, um, according to Next Gen stats. Um, he gained 239 rushing yards over expectation on inside runs. It was second behind Derrick Henry during that time. So um, you know that was a good sign. And as far as him being a starter, I don't know because like it just depends on if uh, Ceh gets hurt again or not. Uh, Ceh got to prove that he can stay healthy, um, and if he and if Steve H is, like gets hurt again or he's not really doing much of anything, then yeah, I could probably see Ronald Jones taking over at some point during the season. But right now, I see Ronald Jones more like a change of pace type of guy in his offense. But he can be productive. You just got to have better hands if he is going to be asked to be in the passing game, per se. I hope he lighted fire under Clyde because when McKinnon was lighting the fire under Clyde, Clyde came back running so hard. That was the best he had looked since he's been here, actually. So hopefully we can keep that same spark inside of him and everything like that, Paul. But uh, I, I think Rojo is, is probably one of the best signings. I think I think it's a move that we've been interested in and a move that we're talking about making. Hopefully it, it's being made while we're talking. Uh, either Bradbury or Gilmore. I think that would like put a nice bow on this free agency period from where it came from to where it is now. If you can add that and uh, Arden Key to that, I mean, I think Beach kind of salvaged this offseason because at first it was looking crazy. Everybody was getting signed and throwing big dollars and we interested in there, we interested in that, we interested in her, we interested in your cousin and we didn't get none of them. You know what I'm saying? So now Second wave of free agency. This is the this is the this is the part that I thought we were going to eat the most in. So I'm I'm liking all the moves right now. Um, for entertainment purposes, Dion uh, Dion Bush has been the funniest dude on Twitter since we signed him. He popped up right when Tyreek Hill got traded, and he was like, "Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, how y'all doing?" And everybody was like, "No, dude." It's- but that was so perfect it was so hilarious i think he already made like half his new fans he already made just from tweeting that like yo okay i'll hit y'all back later and then he came back two more days later it was like okay is it cool now and like he's hilarious already on twitter so Hopefully he can match it on the field, you know what I'm saying? But as of right now, he's the funniest dude we signed. So um, I, I, I still think that we're not done. I, I still think there's some moves to be made out there. We still need edge. Uh, we still need veteran corners. Like I said, we're in the market for uh, Bradbury and Gilmore. Oh, So who, who would you rather have, Bradbury or Gilmore? Yeah, Boogie didn't like Boogie didn't like what I had said about uh, we, know, we know we know Boogie like. 
So Devin, I mean, let's start with you, Devin. I mean, who would you rather have if there were to, if the Chiefs were to go like a veteran corner for cornerback one? I would have to say I would rather have Bradbury for several reasons. One, um, I had heard – well, I didn't hear myself. I read this on Twitter from – I think it was Jeff Tredia, I think is how you say his name, from NFL Network. He had said Jeffrey that – Yeah, yeah. He, um, he said that the Chiefs had interest in Gilmore, but um, they would only really spark up those conversations again if his price was lower. Um, so if we're talking to paying this man like – you know, upwards of $10 million or even $10 million at the dot per year, even if it's on a one-year contract for Steph Gilmore. I'm not really interested in that. Um, James Bradbury, 28 years old. Uh, I think he's got two years left on his contract. I just looked at it a few minutes ago, and I think he's got a cap hit of like $10 million this year. Um, so there's a potential that maybe the Chiefs could go to the Giants and say, hey, we'll trade for him, but only if Bradbury agrees to maybe add another year or two onto um, the deal he's got left just to push that cap hit another year, you know, because $10 million this year that they trade for him and then that's it. They can't spend any more money this offseason, which I don't think is a good idea for them. Um, But I like him. I think he's a guy that would fit well in the system. Um, He's a little bit younger than Steph, and I think we've seen with the way they've handled things this offseason, they're trying to get younger everywhere. Um, And that started off with Anthony Hitchens just kind of getting his walking papers this offseason, right? So – um, I am a friend of Bradbury. I just think it's going to come down to whether or not they can do something with his contract um, in order to free up some more money this offseason. Yeah. Go ahead, Boogie. Get it out. You know, I got <laughs> Gilmore, man. I, I, I want I want the Super Bowl champion. I want that leadership back since we're losing some uh, Twitter leadership. We can get Gilmore back here. He can travel. He can hold every healthy. Why not, man? Ten million. I would pay him ten million in one year, up to ten million. I could. I would do that. Put some incentives in there if you play a certain amount of games. I, I would give get more ten. All right, Kylie, okay. what you got on it? <laughs> uh, so I like them both, but I would go Bradbury. Um, I think his age helps for what the Chiefs are trying to do. Um, they're trying to get younger. I think we can add him. Like you said, Devin, if we can extend him to another year or two on, then that would really help, especially if we can develop some other corners underneath him. Um, someone asked in the comments, could we afford both? Could we? I mean, if we extend it, I don't know. That's a question. I've seen it a couple different times. It's not the first time I've seen someone mention that we could grab both. It was, it was rumored that but just because – it was a, it was rumored that just because they acquire one doesn't mean it puts them out of the market for the other. So, I guess I guess like uh, Devin said with that with Bradbury's contract, if you get Bradbury first and you rework his contract, then maybe that gives you the the room to get Gilmore as well. I don't I don't know. That would be amazing though if you were able to grab both. You add that with Sneed, and then uh, you got Fenton still there. Uh, yeah, that would be yeah. great, right? I think yeah. what we think could do there is, um, you know, I don't. Possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to disagree with Boogie here and say I wouldn't want Steph Gilmore. Right? I only want don't want Steph Gilmore because of what he could potentially cost. But um, if they maybe gave him kind of like a Juju Smith-Schuster contract, where it's like. Base salary is three million, but he can earn up to ten million dollars. I'm okay with that, and that would also keep his cap number really low. So then, even if I mean, 
let's talk in a world. I mean, it's it's hard right now. I'm not I'm not a salary cap guy at all. I just kind of go based off of what the experts tell me, right? So right before they signed MVS and before they signed Rojo and after the Tyree Kill trade, they had about $28 million. And then they signed all these different guys that we were mentioning before. So I think they're going to be somewhere between like 10 and $15 million in cap space if I had to guess, but don't quote me on that. Um, so then you talk about adding Bradbury's contract onto that, the $10 million cap hit on that. Now we're talking maybe somewhere between a million and $5 million potentially. Um, you could squeeze Stefan to there, absolutely. And then if you just decide at that point in time, okay, we're done spending, and then you want to use the rest of whatever money you have left or maybe even restructure somebody else's contract, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility either. Or, you know, and just to free up money so you can sign your draft picks later on in the summer and then you can sign those undrafted guys over the summer as well. Um, it's definitely possible. I just don't know if that's a route they want to take based off of what I've seen from them this offseason so far. Yeah, now this is what I said in regards to Stephon Gilmore. I said I like Stephon Gilmore. You know, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, but he'll be turning 32 this season. And in the past two seasons, his body has started to break down due to injuries. Like, again, I like the player, but I'm going to need somebody out there that's going to be out there for 17 games a season. Um, this would be That acquisition would kind of be similar to how we acquired Ty Law, because Ty Law was turning 32. He had come out for 10 interception season and everything. But the difference was Ty Law, he was able to stay healthy. He only had like one se- one injury riddle season. You know what I mean? Um, we're at a point now in Stefan's career, we don't know if he can play a full season now. Um, I, that's just my thing. But in the one matchup he had against Devontae Adams, who's now the best receiver in his division, um, he held him in check. Um, I believe he held him to two catches for like 10 yards when he got targeted five times. So he had like two pass deflections against Devontae when he's get, when he got thrown at. So, I mean, there's that. But Bradbury, he's just a little younger and like he's entering the prime of his career. And I think you get a few more years out of Bradbury in comparison to Gilmore. That's just me. I think Gilmore, after maybe like a year and a half that we signed him, I think he may start to see a little bit of a decline for real. Uh, but Bradbury, you get a little more wiggle room. So um, I would go with Bradbury. That's just me. So, so the rumor was, I don't know how true it is, but uh, the, the the issue with Gilmore was not per year, but years. So say the Chiefs wanted him for a year, but he wanted three years or, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So would you sign him for a three-year contract? Because then you can work the cap. You can massage the cap and push the, the hit back. But – like, like you said, he's, he's about to be 32. So, nothing more. It's one of those, a three year, it's a three year deal, but it's really a two year deal, and you can cut him at the, at the third year, or is it, you know what I'm saying? So, is it that type of thing you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I'm Brett Beach, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all these contracts he has right now. He's having issues with like the Frank Clark contract. Granted, they they were able to adjust it, right? But I don't think anyone really expected Frank Clark to ever live up to that big of a contract that he had on a per year basis, right? I mean, would have had to get ten to fifteen sacks every single year for him, for us to finally sit here and say like, yeah, Frank Clark earned that money that he got over the last few years. So when you look at that, I think uh, I believe Brett Beach is a very smart person, right? One of the best general managers in the NFL. So I think when he looks at 
some of the mistakes he's made over the last few years in terms of giving these guys money, he would be very cautious to give someone like Steph Gilmore, who has an injury history, unfortunately. I, you know, like I mentioned before, I cover the Patriots. I saw Steph Gilmore play at a, at a defensive player of the year level at a potential MVP level, right? So I know what he's capable of, but I also know that there's a reason why Bill Belichick went away from him as, as early on as he did. He always tries to get away from a guy a year early rather than a year late. Um, I just don't think that Steph Gilmore is going to be able to perform at a high enough level where, yeah, he might have six, seven, eight games a year where he's playing at a high level, but whether it be because of injury or whether just because of age catching up to him, I just can't trust that Steph can do that enough in 2022, let alone beyond that. So if he wants a multi-year contract, I'm saying no, absolutely not, because he hasn't done enough over the last year to prove that. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Um, if we're if we're to acquire that type of player, I I maybe test two years, two years at most. But yeah, three years, nah, that's stretching it a bit. How do you guys feel about Artie Key? Um, I, I like him as in the in the feel of a, a rotational piece. He, he fits the formula of being young and 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 starting to come into his own. Like none of the guys we signed, they're like older guys. They're all They've all been what twenty five or, or younger, actually. Um, what's the corner that we signed, Luke Luke Barrow or something like yeah. that? Yeah, Luke Barrow. Yeah, we haven't really even talked. I don't think nobody really knows him. I don't know if that's just a special teams type of guy or yeah, people say his potential there. And uh, uh, Kent had a nice write up on him in the uh, draft guide, uh, so. Uh, something to look at. He might have some potential there, but uh, how do you guys feel about signing Arden Key? I'm with it. Um, we because because like I said, like in the draft, I mean, I'm gonna say that we need pass rush. I mean, that's the first priority. And Arden Key, he's been pretty solid in like uh, pass rushing situations. Um, I know when he was with San Fran, he did pretty well in that situation. So he'll be nothing more than a rotational piece. Uh, but I think he'll do very well in that role. So I wouldn't mind it. I think depending on the money, I think I would prefer Melvin Ingram back over him. But I won't be mad if we sign him because I still think with two first rounds and two second round picks, we're going to draft a pass rusher very early. So it won't be just the same starting four we had last year. That's what I didn't want. So we'll add a pass rusher regardless. If we can add one veteran, Cool. If not, I'm fine. I think I'm with Boogie on this one with Melvin Ingram. I I think what they should do with that money that they got left is go through the drafts, right, see what they can get in there. And then someone like Mel, Melvin Ingram, we knew he was going to wait a while, a while to sign with another team. He did that last offseason too. But we've seen the kind of production he's done with the KC recently, right? This isn't like he did it two years ago and now he's waiting to see what he can get this offseason. We've seen how productive he was. Um, on Kansas City's defense. So I have no problem with them seeing what they can get in the draft from a pass rush perspective and then trying to sign someone like Melvin Ingram maybe in like May or June for whatever he wants for money. If it's a few million dollars, so be it. For getting over like five, six, seven million dollars, I might be a little skeptical at that point in time, but I, I'm okay with going with someone like Melvin Ingram because unlike a Steph Gilmore, we've seen how productive he can be as early as his past season. I'm cool yeah. with that too, Bob. I'm cool with that. 
Hey, if you guys don't mind me asking you guys, because obviously I haven't been in Chiefs Kingdom that long yet, right? And I watched Travarius Ward play last season. He seems like he's a pretty pretty capable cornerback. Undrafted guy, really came into his own throughout his NFL career, so I give him props for that. But, you know, we're talking about these corners and getting these guys like a James Bradbury for a $10 million cap hit this year. I think he makes, like, on average, like $14.5 million a year. Were you guys for, like, potentially the Chiefs signing Ward to the contract that he got with San Fran, or were you guys okay with him walking at that kind of contract? I think he – what do you get? He got over $10 million a year with them. So are you guys – is that something you guys would have been open to, or were you okay with him walking away? I think towards the end of the season, uh, Chavarri's kind of played itself out of Kansas City money-wise because he, he was having a good year. He was having a good year. And even – the Cincinnati game where he got toasted, he was in proper positions to make a play. He just didn't make the play, but uh, I think he had earned himself. He had earned his way out of Kansas City uh, financially. I didn't think yeah. we were going to have him. If he would have been eight and ten, he probably would still be here. But twelve to fourteen, now uh, he had to go. So, what's he got in the book? That was the same with me. I, I was cool with keeping him, but for the price he wanted, I, I would have let him go. We'll get a conditional pick. Sometimes you got to let him go. I mean, we can't keep everybody. Yeah, I, I felt like it. I felt like it was time. It was time, man. Um, like Country said, he had kind of he had played himself out of a few a few dollars here in Kansas City. Um, he was having a career season and all that, but um, kind of tailed off a bit at the end. And I just felt like, and I just feel like we could definitely do better. Um, yeah. You know, good luck to good luck to him and San Fran, but we could definitely do better. He got a bag. He got a big bag. <laughs> For yeah. real, he got a yeah. Shout out to him. A nice he bag. <laughs> shout out to Moni. Um. Okay, so here's a question: Twelve picks in the draft. Everybody thinks we we're gonna move up. I agree. Move up. What are you looking for? A wide receiver, defensive end. This guy click mm. on the book. Mm. I gotta go defensive end though. I got to. This is not an easy. It's it sounds easy, but it's really not an easy question because it's it's so talented at receiver and it's so talented at edge. It's like man. If you go trade up, you got to get a DN. If you trade up for a receiver, he got to be a thousand yard receiver out the gate. I think you can get you a, a receiver in the second round with what we have at receiver now, and we'll be okay. But that defense got to get way better, man. Still, to me. So, what you got on it, Devin? Uh, had they not signed MVS after that Tyreek Hill trade, I would have, I would have probably said a wide receiver because those top guys in this draft are really, really good, and they could be really good starters in KC. But now that MVS is in the fold, I probably have to say D-end, um, and that's if they trade up. If we start getting into, like, the 20s as the first round of the draft and they haven't traded up yet, I have to imagine that one of those picks is going to be on a receiver. Yeah. Um, what's it, uh, me and, uh, you know, Jason Dunn, a few in uh, Arrowhead time, we discussed this last night regards to whether the Chiefs should trade up or not. And I definitely want to try to trade up to see if we can at least get Jermaine Johnson because by the looks of it, you know, we already know Kayvon and um, 
Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to be gone in the top 10. Uh, Trayvon Walker, he may be gone in the top 10. Um, Jermaine Johnson, he may be a guy that may slide out outside the top 10, surprisingly. And if that happens, I think the Chiefs need to go ahead and trade up for him. I think he could be something special. Like, we need that Michael Parsons effect on this defense. That's how I feel about it. Um, and uh, but if but if 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 that if he if he's not there, then yeah, um, we probably could we probably can't stay pat. And um, I think we can get somebody like uh Boye Mafe. He mentioned Boye Mafe. He mentioned George Carlaptis. Um, I'm kind of in on him. I wasn't really a big fan because he 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 didn't really show up in the big games like that. Um, the guy from Penn State. Um, I I still can't pronounce his last name. Um, I think you might know. You talk, I think you guys might know what I'm talking guy? about. Arnold. Yeah. Edgar? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know his last name, he, bro. <laughs> he's not. He's Nigerian, but you know, Penn State they breed uh, pass rushers. So yeah, I like oh. him. And then there was one more. Um, it was Devin Hall. Devin Hall from Houston. So I like three of those four guys he mentioned. Uh, Carl Atkins, I'm in on, but I like the other three. So, uh, if you, I don't know. That sounds like a lot. To how far are you willing to go? That's that's the that's the question. Are you trying to move top ten? Because top ten sounds like too much. Are we trying to go fifteen? Are we moving up to twenty? Like how far do we have to go? That's if Jermaine, if Jermaine is there, if at least Jermaine is there. Um, maybe Trayvon, but if Jermaine is there, I'm getting that top 15, at least. You go top see 15 they, for Jermaine? See, see what they're talking about. Yeah. Whose pick is that? Is that uh, – don't Philly got, like, two picks? Don't they got, like, 19 and 20 or something like that, 15 and 16 or something like that? Yeah, so. they in, yeah, they in the middle of the rounds. They in the middle of the draft somewhere. That's a thing we got to take into consideration, too, is the fact that a quarter of the NFL teams this year don't have a first-round pick. So I wouldn't be shocked after day one if the Chiefs opted to just trade one of those picks away and just accumulate more later-round picks. Because if, if there's a quarter of the NFL that doesn't have a pick and, let's say, a handful of those teams or teams that need to start winning games, right, and they're not just competing for championships, but they need to start adding talent, they're not going to hesitate to do what we've kind of seen with the salary cap and just start pushing things back, right? So let me just trade away a bunch of picks maybe next year in the later rounds, maybe a couple second round picks and a couple third round picks in order to move into the end of the first round. And then we'll just try to accumulate those next off season with some like comp picks or something like that. You know, it's, that seems to be the way that NFL teams are going now. Let's just push it off to next year. We'll worry about it later and let's try to win now. So maybe we'll see something like that where they, they'll give up one of their first round picks, accumulate a couple more later round picks, maybe on day two. And then they just sit pretty with that number 30 pick and maybe go with a defensive end at that pick. We've seen Beach trade back in the past, but I think in this situation, you definitely want to try to at least – you want to try to, to keep the um, the first-round picks. Because, I mean, at first-round picks, I think you um, have cost control, if I'm not mistaken, if you uh, hold on to, like, your first-round picks. So, you get that extra-year option, right? On yeah, you get that fifth-year right? option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I, I definitely think we should keep both first. I think we should keep both first and both seconds, to me. We need to fill those positions. We got right tackle. We got pass rush. We got cornerback, linebacker, even though that's not that important. It's still right. other positions. We need starters, and we need to get younger. 
like you said, we need to get younger and athletic. We need that spark like Parsons. So we need to get some youth out there. He just got a hit on these draft picks. Yep. I think I think best case scenario would be if if these quarterbacks start to fall. We really need I wish we had a better quarterback class. If if it was, if it was better quarterbacks, I think we'd be in a better position to maneuver, but these quarterbacks aren't. They're not lighting up the world. So I think that this is the kid. Willis Willis probably go early, but some 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 draft guy said that four quarterbacks need to go. We need all four of them to go in the first round. Or or towards the end where somebody says, I need that fifth year option on my quarterback, so let me jump up to 30, go get Pickett or whoever is in that position, and then you know what I'm saying, we can use that to our advantage or something like that. But man, we need more quarterbacks in the first round. And it's just it doesn't look like that's gonna happen at all. Yeah, quarterbacks. Um, yeah, the quarterback class is kind of mid this year. <laughs> no, nah, it's worse than me. <laughs> it's bad. No, nah, it's bad. Who's the quarterback? No, Willis. I try to. Willis, try to be nice. Quarterback? I try to be nice. Um, he's probably he's my number one, probably. And then who? Pickett. What's uh, the guy Pickett, with the little hands? Pickett. There's Matt. Um, Corral. Um. Yeah. <laughs> who's the next guy? And when's he gonna go? Desmond Ritter, but that's really it. But there are some, there are some uh, sleepers there. I mean, Bailey Zapp from, um, I believe, I think Western Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. I, I forgot the college, but he's a sleeper. Um, and there's there's one more sleeper, but yeah, it ain't really that special in this year's <laughs> class. Not country, yeah, country brought up a good point because yeah, especially the fact that two of their first round, both of their first round picks are at the back end of the first round. I can't imagine that there's going to be too many teams that are going to want to sit, move up to that spot as opposed to maybe moving up into the middle of the first round to get one of those guys. Because by the time pick 20 comes around, I have to imagine that at least three of those guys are going to be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. <laughs> so, 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 Devin, um, go ahead, go ahead, country, my bad. I was going to say, if, 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 if it's pick 20 and the Chiefs haven't moved up, do you think they just go sit firm on 29 and 30 at that point? I think so. I mean, obviously we have to see how the board plays out, right? Because that's really what it's going to determine who's going to be on the board at pick 20. If there's a guy that they think was a top 10 guy and all of a sudden sitting there at number 20, that, there's definitely the potential of that happening. Um, but for me, I just don't, I don't see the point of giving up that pick if, you're going to have to give up more just to move up a few spots. Unless it's a guy, that, like I said, unless it's a guy they absolutely want, he's like number one on their board and he's still sitting there and they don't think that he's going to be there because of the, the teams that are in front of them on the draft board. Um, so that's why I don't – unless they want to move up into the top 20, once, the, once that number 20 pick hits, I, I don't see them moving up at all. Hey, don't get mad when we get Sauce Gardner and pick 13. <laughs> <laughs> Would everybody go crazy if we picked up sauce and <laughs> that would be crazy. See. So what would we have to give up to get in the top fifteen? Um, it just depends. It depends on the conversation. It depends on um what the what the uh, the team that you're trying to negotiate with it depends on what they need. 
you know. Um, Give me a scenario. What do you think? What, what, we thinking uh, first, first, and what? A, a third, a fourth, a second? What? They saying like twenty nine and fifty could get you top fifteen. I think. Yeah, and it might be a few. It, it might be future picks for maybe next year, next year's picks or something like that. Maybe. Oh, uh, I would mess with that then, Chuck. Yeah. I would do that. I mean, they definitely have the capital to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's the case, move up. I'm with you. Yeah, if we could do that, if that's all it's gonna take, because then we still gonna have a first round pick. Yeah. Yep. So we'll still have a first and a second. You know, uh, but yeah, I would trade up for sure. For sure. If that's all it's going to take to get in the top 15, we for sure need to do it. Yep. So, um, so Devin, I was going to ask you this. Um, you know, since you um, you wrote the article about um, country and Memphis Bleak and Tyrants Interaction or whatever, um, as far as Tyron Matthews' future, I know right now the market is looking pretty dry for him. I mean, do you see a scenario where he all of a sudden stays in Kansas City or does he go somewhere else? I know you guys might hate me saying this, but no, I don't see there being a scenario where he comes back. Okay. Um, even if it's at a lower price tag, from what I've read, the Chiefs didn't even offer him a contract before free agency started. Probably because they knew it was going to be too there was going to be too much of a discrepancy between what he wanted and what they were going to offer him. But when they went and signed Justin Reed, who, as much as he doesn't want to compare himself to Tyron Matthews, he's very similar in terms of being extremely versatile. He can play anywhere on the field. He's a leader. He's great off the field. But just from a defensive perspective, he's very, very similar. So bringing back Tara Matthew would kind of just be redundant in that respect. Um, and then you add the guys like Deion Bush into the equation as well. And now we're looking at a safety room that's basically where it needs to be. Um, maybe add one to the draft just for depth purposes. Um, but I just don't I don't see him coming back as much as I'd love for him to because – you know, with that article that we were just talking about with Memphis Bleak or anything, he's he's extremely active on Twitter, and that's stuff that I cover a lot. He's been great for business for me. I love the guy because he's a nice guy. Um, I don't think the market is going to be dry on him. I just think he's just kind of waiting around a little bit. I don't know how long he's going to wait, which makes me curious because um, I figured at least by the second week he would have been signed. Um, I just think he's going to – find himself in a situation maybe even even all the way to like the summertime where someone's working out and they tear an ACL or, you know, I, something along those lines. And all of a sudden a team that's in contention for a championship potentially next season wants another player to come in there and be a needle mover for them. And they, they have the cap space to work with. As you know, a salary cap can be manipulated in many ways. So then they give him a contract um, that way. Um, it probably in the end will end up being a contract that he wants which kind of sucks, and I feel bad for him because of that because I really feel he should be the highest paid safety in the NFL just based on what he does on and off the field. Um, but I do believe he has several offers on the table. That's not me reporting anything. That's just me telling you what I think. Um, he has several offers on the table, and I think it's just not quite what he wants yet, so he's willing to wait. That's, that's, a, this, that's an interesting thing. It's just funny hearing about the people that 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 they say, what Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Vegas, Saints. Well, I guess. I guess all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> Dirty Dan went to the Saints, right? <laughs> so, how do you? 
thought we were going to leave. about Dirty Dan, man? How do y'all feel? Dirty Dan is Dirty Dan has been a major part of our podcast because we say every time we count him out, Dirty Dan makes a play. He forces a fumble. It's a pick. It's a pick six. He lays a hit out on somebody. Every time we count him out, he does this. So how will you remember Dirty Dan in, in Kansas City for the room? He's had a lot. He's had a lot of um, clutch memories, man. Um, you can you can talk about the Chargers game in Mexico, uh, game still interception. Uh, you can go to AFC Championship game when he laid the wood on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you can go to that Cleveland divisional game where he saved the touchdown, caused the fumble. Uh, he's had Texas many. Game. Yep, Texas game. He's had many clutch moments, man. Um, I don't know. I think that hit. I don't know, man. I think that. Um, Oh, gosh. I'll probably say that hit on Ryan Tannehill, man, because, I mean, that AFC Championship game, that was a key hit because after after they stopped him on that third down, um, the Chiefs pretty much took over the game after that. So I'll probably go with that if I had to choose one. I like the pick six versus New Orleans. That was a good one. Uh, the one-handed um, game, game ender in Buffalo. I forgot about that one. That was a hell of a play. Uh, I I think I think ten years from now he'll probably get not a nah he won't get no ring of honor type of thing. He should, I think. Y'all think? Maybe, no. maybe Is he a ring of maybe. honor? Maybe not ring of honor. I don't know, but he had a lot of clutch moments. Okay, so okay, okay, hold on. He's not a ring of honor guy. But he'll be one of those. He moves back to Kansas City. He's a Chiefs ambassador. Yeah. And and we'll love him. He'll be on right. commercials and all that good stuff. Right. One of them. Chiefs ambassador. Yeah, I can maybe see that. Which is nothing, which is nothing wrong with that. You know right. what I'm saying? But right. I don't think he's ring of honor. No, don't ring of Because <laughs> that's what Paul said. Paul said, don't ring of honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no ring of honor, man. No ring of honor. See, see, Devin, you you haven't been covering the Chiefs long enough for him to be good. You you cover like the bad. You you looking like what are y'all talking about? Like, <laughs> well, listen, I, I had to do my research on Dirty Dan this past week, obviously, because I've only been around for this this past year. But like, basically, what I've gathered from Dirty Dan just from this past year too, because yes, he had his bad place, but he had his good place too. But his highs were high and his lows were really low. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what I've gathered. Yeah. 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 No one has another draft at BYU. He was in the NFL for eight years with the Chiefs. He was a starter for them when they went to both the Super Bowls, right? So I can see that the resume there stands for itself. The guy overcame a lot. He wasn't supposed to be this kind of player in the NFL, right? He's not supposed to be going on to his what? Now, I'm not sure how many times they gave him multi-year contracts in KC, but he's on probably his fourth or fifth contract right now, if I had to guess. Um, so kudos to him for that. Um, I, I don't think he's a ring of honor guy just based on what I know about him, but he's a guy that's definitely going to be remembered um, by Chiefs fans even like a decade from now just because of um, when he played during such a successful time for Kansas City. Yep, definitely. Um, but is, before we go, is Tyreek a ring of honor guy? Hell yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? You're the best receiver uh, that ever seen. No, I'm here. asking. Do you, you think he, do you think he comes back in ten years, or 
five yes. years after five, seven years after he retired, and they put his right. name. Yes. For Bro, sure. Yes. He our yes. league receiver Absolutely. all time, right? Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, he left right before he took he's like second and everything. Oh, like oh, okay. oh, is Taylor still first? Oh, is Taylor still yep. got it? Oh, Taylor still first. I thought first. he passed him last year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he, he did too, but no, I think he's like one touchdown behind everything, bro. We will we'll, mm. we'll definitely do the research and we get out there. Okay. All right. Well, um, before we before we go ahead and wrap things up for this episode, um, I just want to talk about the division real quick. Um, the national media, man, they they full of clowns, man. Uh, <laughs> I understand the big moves that were made as far as the other teams were concerned, but. Uh, let's just say I saw Adam Rain's tweet. He said, are the Chiefs now fourth in the AFC West? I'm like, bro, the offseason just started. Like, we ain't got to the NFL draft yet. The Chiefs ain't finished all their moves yet. You know what I mean? Like, and Vegas still got the Chiefs winning over 10-plus games. I think they got the Chiefs projected to win, like, 11 to 11 and a half games or something like that. So, they know something. They know a big move's probably going to be coming for the Chiefs soon. So, and as long as we got 15 back there, and we got Andy Reid. We still got continuity within the coaching staff and everything. So we're going to be fine, man. Like, it's just hilarious to me how all these people are just counting us out all of a sudden. Like, even if we don't win the division somehow, we'll still be a playoff team. <laughs> it's just funny to me. Look, that Keenan Allen thing, uh, Nick Wright buried him, put him in the ground, put some flowers on the grave, <laughs> and, and sung a nice song at the eulogy. But Keenan Allen, he does this every time. Every time something happens with the Chiefs, he got something to say. He got some trash talk. Or when he called Marcus Peters a bum and all this, he always talking, but they never win. And so, like I said, Nick Wright already put him in the grave. But um, as a guy that covered the Patriots, um, how, how did it feel when, when Miami – and y'all, the AFC East never tried to beat Tom Brady. Can we all agree? <laughs> like they never tried to get better to beat Tom Brady. They never, they never went and got no pieces. They were just like, okay, it's been twenty years. He gonna retire or something like. Like they just, just wanted them to go away. It's, they never even tried to get better. It looked like from the outside looking. I mean, I would, I would, I'm never going to say a team doesn't try, right? But I think you kind of reach a point when you're a GM or a head coach in the AFC East and Tom Brady's now been winning for a decade. You kind of look at yourself and you're like, do we have enough money? Are there enough free agents out there for us to add, for us to finally beat the Patriots? And I think the answer at the end of the day was no. Um, but now as we see with the rise of the Bills and what Miami's done this offseason, even the Jets, I think the Jets are going to, be a, a good team next year, low key. Um, I, I think now they're realizing that they have the chance to capitalize on the Patriots and kind of push them down the AFC East. Now they don't have Tom Brady and they have a, a young developing quarterback and they're kind of in a situation roster wise where they're trying to piece things together and not having a ton of success with it. Um, so granted they were a playoff team last year, but I think we saw in the uh, wild card round what the differences between the bills and the, the Patriots is a big difference. Right. So um do you think Miami got? You think Miami got competitive, or are they just 
Are they are they ready to take the crown from Buffalo? No, no. I, I'm I'm a big proponent, and this is kind of I was gonna go back to say this. Like I, I'm kind of a, I gotta see it to believe it, right? So when during all the off seasons when I was covering the Patriots, you always kind of see, especially towards the end of Tom Brady's tenure there. Pundits would do this in the national media all the time because it's kind of a boring take to say Patriots number one, right? Then, you know, Josh Allen's second season in the NFL, they might go, oh, I think the Bills are going to win the division next year, yada, yada, yada. But for me, it's like, okay, I got to see it to believe it, right? I got to see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick not succeed for me to actually believe that they're not going to succeed moving forward. And that's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs. It's like, okay, all three of the other teams in the division made big moves this offseason to bolster the units and finally compete and potentially beat the Chiefs moving forward. But for me personally, unless Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all these other guys get traded out of the division and off of the Chiefs, I, there's no way I can sit here and say before games have been played in 2022 that the Chiefs aren't the best team in the division. All right, so this Tom Brady trade rumor, do you believe it's a bunch of BS like I do? Or yes. is there some merit to it? Zero truth to that, man. So isn't this stuff being recirculated from what it was earlier in the offseason, like before he actually announced his retirement? Right, because because I know Steve, I know it was revealed that Stephen Ross um, wanted Brian Flores to meet with Tom Brady, and this was like the year before Flores um, got fired or whatever. So, yeah. But 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 Tampa bringing their guys back and then they brought some of his Patriots teammates over, like. It wouldn't. It would. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I don't yeah, believe the trade room. Russell I feel like it's too late for that stuff to be happening. I, I, I just got a feeling that, especially from what I understand, how these this networking works with insiders and whatnot. It's just. I think what happened was, someone had a conversation with somebody, and it was brought up again. Like, oh yeah, by the way, this actually did happen a few months ago, or maybe even last year, and then someone just took it out of context and now is reporting it as if it was happening right now. I, I just. Like you said, he's already come back. He said he's staying in Tampa. He's recruiting guys to Tampa now. I just find it very hard that after doing all this, he would all of a sudden just jump ship and then join another team. It just It's a bad look. And this team, the Dolphins team, seems pretty invested in tour right now and building around him, and I don't blame them. So it would just be kind of a weird move for them to just all of a sudden pull Tom Brady out of the situation he's in in Tampa and then drop him in over in Miami. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. If Brady was going to Miami, that would have been the first news we got when he was unretiring. They wouldn't have let him unretire with the Bucks and then trade him to Miami. That's no. Right. It's kind of like what happened with Gronk two years ago, right? He, yeah. It's like the same day that he announced he was coming out of retirement and then came out that the, the Patriots are going to trade him. That's probably what, what would have happened with Brady. Brady. Same day that he announced he was coming out of retirement, he would have also put out, oh, now he's trying to work on getting himself out of Tampa. And that didn't happen. Right. Tampa, Tampa would be idiots if they didn't get any compensation for him retiring and then coming back and then going to a whole other. That don't make Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably your fake rumor that just got to the internet and went too far. And it was just, it's terrible. <laughs> Do you it's think that, that? I I still think with Miami, they still need a quarterback because Tua. Let's just, like you said, I believe it when I see it. Um, I just don't see it. I don't see it with that guy. I don't even see him being able to get the ball to Tyreek enough to. I don't. I don't know. And I, I don't think they surpassed Buffalo yet as a team. I think they they 
they're closing the gap, but I don't think they're better than Buffalo. I don't think they 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 look like they're second in that division. Buffalo arguably the best team in the AFC though, so I wouldn't say Miami's. Agree, agree. Yeah, yep. They so, in discussion for sure. It's not gonna be no cakewalks. It's not gonna be no cakewalks. Um, the the closest to the cakewalk in the AFC might be the AFC South, but Tennessee's still doing that thing. Uh, Matt Ryan and Indy. It's not nothing to sneeze at. Um, Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville spending their money like they want to be competitive. So I, I went walking to Jacksonville just thinking I'm a smack them. Yeah, uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville can mess around and be a sleeper, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely a sleeper. So you know the AFC West, like it's a that's the murderer's road. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be fun season, man. I can't wait to the draft, man, to see how how we maneuver and shake. And um uh, like I said, I don't think we're done in free agency yet. I think uh, small sign is nothing major, nothing that's going to be on the ticker at ESPN, but I think it's still some moves that can be made. Yep, definitely. Well, that's going to wrap things up here. I'm Keno Cass. I'd like to thank Devin for making this special guest appearance this week. Appreciate uh, Kylie- it, Appreciate Kylie you, lost Kylie lost connection, but you know she was in the chat and everything. You know, shout out to Kylie. Uh, she probably watching her Tar Heels right now. They handling business currently. Yeah, uh, she conveniently lost connection right when the <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, Kylie. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we go, rock on, oh, Okay, you. <laughs> Final four, baby. Uh, congrats to them, I guess. But whatever. <laughs> hey, we love you all. Like and subscribe, man. And uh, uh, don't forget to check out Devin Work on uh, Devin at, at Devin Clements on Twitter, right? Dev Clem NFL. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, man. We love y'all. Boogie, check us out. Go Chiefs. <laughs> Kid no cast. We out of here. Come on, Gilmore. Bradbury. Come on. Come on. I know where y'all want to be. On, Come on now. Come on <laughs> now. A little bit, Gilmore. Come on with it. <laughs> <laughs>